You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody and welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas thank you all so much for joining us here and all the love and support you guys give us we really appreciate it and continue to spread the word we're just really thrilled at the growth we've been seeing in the portal uh so thank you all so much for that uh if you have a story of your very own and you'd like to share it please give me an email send me an email at uh, uh paranormal portal radio at gmail.com and uh we can touch base and get you on the show as well but Today's show is going to be a great time. I've got uh, Brian from Indiana on the horn, and he's going to share his incredible experiences with us here as well. So let's get right to it. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Hi, Brent. How are you, buddy? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for making the time to connect with me and to share your experiences. That's amazing. Not a problem. I, I want to tell people this story. I know it's a little crazy sounding, but I promise <laughs> you, on everything on my life, this is a true story. Oh, yeah. Well, crazy is what we do, and if you're crazy, you're one of our people, man. That's all there is to it. Um, there's not much real sane about the paranormal anyway, so... Uh, it's, it's a little crazy. Well, by all means, sir, uh, take us uh, through your experiences. All right. I grew up in Indiana. I had a really fortunate childhood. Uh-huh. Uh, my parents owned an oil company. Uh, I had one of the best childhoods you could ever imagine. Well... As I grew up and got married, had two kids, I had knee surgeries, and then I got severed nerves in my leg, and anyway, I got addicted to pain pills. Oh, dear. Okay. So then, yeah, I mean, I was up to taking 330 milligram morphine pills a month. Wow. 
Okay. That's what I was prescribed. Well, I would run out of them, start going through withdrawals. So I started drinking alcohol. Then I, I got such bad alcoholic mm. that I just quit taking the pills. And I mean, I was the worst alcohol. I mean, I couldn't hold a job. Wow. It was like seven years of complete. I mean, I ended up in the ICU one time. I was 0.58. You're oh. supposed to be dead at 0.4. Oof. My God. I was 0.58. I actually died once from overdose of alcohol and fentanyl. Oh, dear. But I got brought back to life. But, okay. This is where it gets interesting. I tried to stop drinking a million times. Mm-hmm. I could not, I could not do it. I went to rehab, went to another rehab. It still didn't work. I mean, every time I went back to drinking and I was a binge drinker. So mm -hmm. I would drink gallons and gallons and then stop, go through DTs, withdrawals from alcohol. You know, two weeks later, I'd be back to liquor store and it was on. I mean, it was just, it was terrible. Wow. I was so depressed. I mean, I didn't even want to live. Mm -hmm. Really, I shouldn't even be here right now. But I never grew up going to church. I mean, I believed in Jesus, but, I, I you know, I, I didn't have faith, never went to church growing up, never. Okay. Well, on my about 75th time trying to stop drinking, I was, I mean, I was homeless, couldn't hold a job, didn't own a car. I mean, nothing. Mm -hmm. I... I Moved back into my parents' basement, and I was drinking and not drinking. Finally, my mom's like, look, you can't, you can't do this. You're going to die. I mean, they already had my funeral planned. I was going to die. Wow. She finally said, you need to ask Jesus come into your heart because, son, you're dead. It's not. You're dead. Mm -hmm. And I knew it. I mean, I, I couldn't. And I kind of thought, you know, what the heck? I, I've tried everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, now i got to go back to high school. I had this friend that I went to high school with. Her name was Dandy. Well, when I got divorced, I was a severe alcoholic. I went and hung out with her for a couple weeks and then ended up going to jail. I mean, I've been to jail a million times. This story gets better with my life, I promise you. But... <laughs> sure. So <laughs> we, we just met. You know, for two weeks, hung out. I ended up going to jail. Well, anyway, her and her one-year-old baby got killed in a head-on collision. Oh, no. In 2007. Yes. Oh. And when I was in jail, I mean, she was buried right behind the jail. I was a trustee, and I always weed-eated her grave. And mm -hmm. anyway, so I decided to pray when my mom asked me to do that, so Brent, I prayed for three days straight. And so I had quit drinking for three days before I started praying. So I was eating solid food. I don't know if you know anything about alcoholism, but I wasn't throwing up. I didn't have DTs, the shakes, mm -hmm. no hallucinations. It was nothing. I was eating solid food. So, so I started praying. I prayed for three days straight. Wow. And I mean, every five seconds, every minute, mm -hmm. in between a TV show or commercials, I'm talking constantly for three days straight. So that third day, I woke up at 10, 16 a.m. in the basement, 
When I opened my eyes, I could see the cable box because it said 1016. Mm -hmm. But sitting next to my bed was Dandy that died in 2007. She was all white. She was sitting on her knees. She had her hand on the bed, and she was smiling at me. And I kind of stared at her. Oh, man. I closed my eyes and sat up in bed, and she was gone. Wow. So I walked upstairs. I, I you know, told my mom, I just saw Dandy in my room. Well, anyway, I kept praying that whole day, the third day, nonstop. And, hey, I hadn't drank in, you know, this made six days. So yeah. I was like, well, heck, it's kind of working. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, I mean, I prayed constantly. So that night on the third, the third night, I prayed at, I laid down in bed. I looked at my alarm clock. It said 3.16 a.m. I said my last prayer for the third day, I rolled over on my right shoulder. And I hear Dandy's voice say, Brian, mm -hmm. Brian. And I looked out my bedroom door and I said these words out loud. I said, Dandy, I hear you. Cause she was, I just saw her in my room that morning. Wow. Okay. Right when I said, I hear you, Brent, I don't know, but all of a sudden I was not in my room anymore. Okay. I look around, and I'm on this concrete slab, and to the right of me were four concrete steps with a walkway away from me, uh -huh. and then where my feet would be, there was a about a three-foot concrete knee wall. And I look around, and I'm like, where am I? Mm -hmm. I was just in my room. Sure. Right then, I look up at up the steps, and down that walkway, there stands Dandy in a shiny mini dress. And there's another lady with long black hair, kind of had a Roman robe on. Uh-huh. But her hair was black, split in the middle. It was real long. Now, she didn't know me, and I didn't know her. But I recognized Dandy. She's standing there waving at me, smiling. <laughs> well, that lady with long black hair, she said... She taps Dandy and says, is that him? And Dandy shakes her head and says, yes. And that lady with black hair goes, remember, you can't talk to him. So they started walking towards me, and Dandy shook her head like, yeah, I know, I can't talk to him. Mm -hmm. Well, they walk down the steps right in front of me. They go around to that knee wall, and they sit on their knees. So I lean up, and I know she can't talk to me, but I whispered the words, you know, with my mouth. I said, what's going on? Right. And she just smiled and waved at me, and she nodded her head back where they just walked from. Mm -hmm. Well, I look back, Brent, and here comes a man walking towards me. He's got a Roman robe on. He's got a little bit longer than shoulder-length hair. He doesn't have a goatee, but, you know, like a little soul patch okay. under your lip? Uh-huh. He's got, he's got that. And he comes, he sits on, and the Roman robe hung, the arms were about down to his elbow, but the loops hung way down, like the sleeves. Mm-hmm. They, they hung way down. He had a, had a, a, 
bell on, like a Roman bell. But anyway, he came and sat down on the steps, and he looks at me and he says, Brian, how can I help you tonight? And right then I'm realizing Dandy's dead. Uh-huh. I was just in my room, and I just knew. I said, oh, my God, this is Jesus. Wow. And I couldn't. I mean, that's all I could think. And what just was in my heart, I'd been praying for three days straight, came out. I was All I said was, I need you in my heart. I need you in my life. I can't do this. And he smiled real big and looked at Dandy and that other lady, and he said, okay. He stood up, walked down, sat right beside me. He put his hand over my heart, and he smiled real big, and it kind of felt like, I don't know, he's reading my soul or my life or, uh-huh. you know, if I was a good person or I don't know. Sure. But he pulls his hand back, and he says, you're going to live a long, happy, successful life now. Aww. He says, one more time. And he puts his hand over my heart again. And I don't remember closing my eyes, but I, it's like I blinked. But I open him back up, his hand's still over my heart, and he's leaned in about six inches away from my face, smiling. And I was like, oh my God, this is really happening. Yeah. So I said, I got to remember his face. So I start studying all his facial features. Mm-hmm. And you know the paintings or pictures of Jesus? He kind of looks like that. Okay. But his face is his face is wider and his cheekbones are more pronounced. Does that make sense? Did you say So it's kind of square? Did you say wider or wider? Wider like W I D E R, okay. wider. Gotcha. It, okay. It's like a like square jawline type. Uh-huh. Okay. And his cheekbones are real pronounced, like they stuck out. But so I'm looking at him. He's just smiling at me about six inches away from my face. And I look into his eyes, Brent, and they start swirling in a color of blue, like Caribbean ocean blue. Like I can't even, the color don't even exist here. Wow. And they're kind of swirling, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is happening. So he pulls his hand off my heart, and he says, I want you to profit and be a prophet. And I kind of giggled, and I was like, be a prophet? Mm-hmm. And he, he stood up, and he goes, oh. he said, I want you to tell your life story. And then this hit me like a ton of bricks, man. He said, especially what has happened here tonight. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, (laughs) done. Okay. So he walks up them steps, and I look back at Dandy. Of course, she's sitting there with that other lady, and she's just waving at me, smiling. Mm -hmm. And I whisper the words, is this real? Like, is this really happening right now? Mm Mm-hmm. She nods her head again, so I look back where Jesus walked, and I I told you I didn't grow up going to church, but he's got this book, Brent, and it's the biggest book I've ever seen in my life. It's like 12 inches thick on both sides. It's like 24 inches by 24 inches. I mean, it's huge, and he's writing in it left-handed. 
So I look back at Mandy, and they stand up. So I look back at Jesus. He's walking back towards me. The book's gone. He takes two steps down the stairs, and he says, Brian, is there anything else I can do for you tonight? And I said, nope, that's all I need. <laughs> he said, okay. So they walk back up the thing, and so Jesus is in the middle. The lady with long black hair, who I think was Mary Magdalene, but I don't, I'm not for sure. That's just what I think. But sure. she goes on the other side of Jesus. Dandy's closest to me. Mm-hmm. Jesus puts his arms around them, and Dandy looks at me one more time and smiles and waves. Jesus looks up, and they go flying in the air, and they're gone. Wow. And I'm still sitting on this concrete bench, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, if that was, if this is real, and I, I would have saw, like, white stars, you know, when Jesus just took off. Right. Well, right when I thought that, Brent, I've got the sensation of falling, like not a scary fall, but I'm falling. Mm -hmm. And it's, I look around as I'm falling, and all I see is white stars everywhere. <laughs> oh, It's nice. like he's telling me this is real. Right. So I'm looking at these stars for like three seconds. I land, I open my eyes, I'm smiling from ear to ear, I'm back in my bedroom, I roll over and look at the clock, and it says 3.17, it had been one minute. <laughs> wow, that's intense. So, I set up for the next hour, like, that really just happened. Mm -hmm. So... Knowing me, I was behind. I, I was a drunken bum, so I owed $63,000 in back child support. I was going to have to go to jail for it. Mm -hmm. But by the way, all that's paid to zero. But sure. I end up going on a drinking binge. I end up going to jail for child support. They send me to rehab on March. I got arrested March 8th. 2010, I drank one more time, just like Jesus said. When he said one more time, mm -hmm. and he put his hand over my heart for the second time, that ain't it. I drank one more time, went to jail March 8, 2010. Mm -hmm. I've been sober ever since. I'm over 10 years sober. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. I've, I've started my own painting and drywall company. Mm -hmm. I've owned, you know, I got a vehicle job. I, I got married to my high school love that I was in love with in high school. Mm -hmm. She's a nurse practitioner. I mean, he wanted me to profit and be a, anybody who wants to hear this story, I will tell him because I'll, I'll put $5,000 says I pass a lie detector test. Oh, anybody wants to give it to me. Mm -hmm. This happened. There's no other explanation of how because I could never quit drinking right right and it was just gone I mean there's it, it gone the urge is gone no no triggers no no nothing mm -hmm. that's awesome Ur, no urges no nothing it's com everything's completely gone it's like he took it from me so I talked to like 
six or seven different preachers and priests, and they were like, you know how we know your, you have no idea what that book is, do you? I said, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's a lamb's book of life, or mm-hmm. book of life. Right. So I found out what all that meant, which I had no idea. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in now for a little a couple other weird things since i've been sober Uh i've seen four ufos and i'm talking i know this sounds crazy hell my whole story sounds crazy but i swear it's true (laughs) i believe you I've seen four UFOs, and I'm talking right outside my truck, like above in a cornfield as I'm driving down the road. Mm. Wow. We've had other strange, I mean, just a lot of paranormal things go on that's just, ever since this encounter with meeting Jesus face to face. Yeah. That's intense. Very, very intense. And and beautiful, though, too. I, I think that any time someone reaches out with their faith, and whatever that faith may be, but when when that is their, their pleas are answered, I think that is so incredibly powerful and so beautiful. Oh, I do, too. It's, and, I mean, I'm not saying... I, I went to... Um, a couple psychics, like when we're on vacation, sure. you know, you go in and I'm like, I just want to see, you know, see if they're real. Right. Let's see if they can pick this up. Mm-hmm. I've had two psychics when I first sat down, they literally looked at me and said, Oh my God, <laughs> you have seen the crater face to face. Yeah. And my jaw just hit. Uh, what? How? How did you know that? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I don't know how they would know. It just, it just, it happened though. Well, if they're truly psychic, they should be picking up on, you know, on all that. And I suppose 
such a such a meeting, such an occurrence, would would leave such a, a profound mark. I don't know if you want to say psychically or energetically upon the person, but energetic, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's just it's an anointing, for lack of a better term, and you know, and I think it's incredibly powerful. And and I guess that's a good that's probably a good metric for you to know if you're dealing with a real psychic or not, <laughs> because if they exactly don't, if they don't pick up <laughs> on it, then you'll know that you shouldn't waste your time. Exactly. You shouldn't waste your time or, or any of that. Now, I have had them, and this is kind of weird, too. I'm, I, if you believe in, like, light energy, I don't know if you do or if you know oh, anything sure. about it, mm-hmm. but I've had multiple people tell me that I'm zero, zero light. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever what in the world that means. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that term would mean. I mean, I'm... I believe I'm familiar with light energy because I think that you know that the divine light in us is is an energy and it connects us to all things. Sure. But I don't know what zero zero means. I have no clue either. We've tried looking it up, and hmm. I don't. I don't. But I mean, that's just things that I've been told right. from you know meeting him face to face. I have no idea. But right. this happened, and I will say you couldn't. You couldn't go from literally knocking on death's door mm-hmm. to where my life's at now. I mean, it's total flip-flop. I mean, you, you can't... It, it's something major happening. I promise everybody's listening. This is an honest-to-God true story. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Um, so, so you, you, I'm sure you've shared this with many people. Have you had some people just discard it and just you know basically walk away and and uh, you know not ex- not accept what you're saying? I have told I'm talking many. I've had people break down in tears mm-hmm. as I've told them where where I'm from. Ever I mean, I was Otis in my hometown. <laughs> I mean, the uh, Mayberry, Otis, I'm not kidding. The Mayberry, that, I mean, that yeah. was me. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of but an obscure. I have told that's, that's one an, person. That's an obscure reference nowadays. Were, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm not kidding. I, I really was. Sure. But I've had one person I told, and they did not. They're atheists to the core. Mm. They would not listen. Sure. Did not believe it. Well, I'm, I'm glad that the reason that I ask is I'm glad that I'm glad that people embrace that because I think that. These kind of things happen. I think it's 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 about you, but it's not just about you. It's about an example that I think a lot of people exactly. need. They need to know that someone's listening, someone's paying attention because you know life is heavy. It's tough, and it's hard to carry all this stuff. So the idea that you know that someone is out there and paying attention, and uh, you know is is looking out for us. I think that that's incredibly powerful and cathartic for so many people and you know unfortunately there are those religious types of people who may discard that and because it doesn't fit in their paradigm it doesn't fit in their picture of how it should be or what they expect it to be or believe it is and and that's completely unfortunate because they will be missing out on that beauty and and that the the power of such a message absolutely hmm I mean, it, it's 
there is somebody. I mean, and now it, it had me wondering, like, I, I wasn't religious. Like, I didn't go to church. I sin every single day. Sure. How, why did he come, you know, why did he save me? What? Well, probably. But then as I go, it's like, well, <laughs> he wants me to tell my story. Like, there's probably a, who knows how many people out there is like I was right now. Well, I think it's. That I, could hear this right. and, and be like, man. I think it's because it, it's so much powerful that it's you. So much more powerful. Because if, if, if somebody's a pious person and goes to the, their, their worship, observes that worship all through their life, then well, God or Jesus or whoever appearing to them is probably like, well, yeah, duh. But when it's someone like where you were, it becomes a powerful, right. uh, a powerful picture of redemption that no matter how broken somebody is, there's still hope. And that's where it becomes amazing. You know that nobody is nobody is a throwaway. Nobody is is not valuable. That everybody is valuable. That's so true because I literally was point five eight in the ICU, and the doctors are looking at me when I woke up, and they're like, <laughs> "We don't even know how you're alive right now." Yeah. So fifty eight percent of the blood in my body was alcohol. That is just amazing. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, Sounds like you yeah, did, so you've had some Yeah, so basically, I shouldn't be here right now talking to you, but I am for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, and I, I'm, I'm excited by that because, you know, again, I, I think these, these, are, these are the kind of messages that I think people need. And it's not, I'm not saying it's a Christian thing or, or, or you know, whatever religion. It's just a... Right. It's a divine providence thing, and I think that all of us need that. Oh, I do too. Now, I do too. I would like to ask. Well, you, that's yeah. I, go ahead, ask me anything. I would like to ask you about the the other things that you had experienced because you said you saw the UFO experience uh, or experiences. Could you walk us through those? Sure. Oh Lord, yes. Okay, if you look up on a map, I live. I grew up in Greencastle, Indiana, which is literally 30 miles west of Indianapolis. It's east 30 miles of Terre Haute. It's 35 miles north of Bloomington, where IU is, and 35 miles south of Purdue, where Lafayette, Purdue University. So US-40 runs right through there. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving... I've been sober about, I don't know, a year, okay. and I'm driving, coming up to a stoplight, and there's no cars around me, but I look in my rearview mirror, there's one car coming down the hill. Well, in my rearview mirror, there is a ball of light in the median, four feet off the ground, and it's going up and down like a foot. And to the left and to the right of foot, and this car that's heading towards me, we both stop and look at each other. <laughs> and we're looking at this ball of light, and it raises up about six feet, mm -hmm. and it shoots across US 40 and into the woods and through a bunch of trees, and it's gone. And we just look at each other like, what in the heck was that? Right. So that was the first one. 
-hmm. So the second one, I got an apartment in a pole barn once I was, this is about three months after that ball of light. Okay. So I'm out on the back deck at midnight. My kids are up from Clearwater, Florida. Mm -hmm. They're living with me for the summer. Of course, I, I was starting this painting company. I was working seven days a week, but it's like 1130 at night. I go out on the back deck. Kids are in the house, and I, I look up, and we're out in the woods, basically. I mean, we're, it's out, there's not, it's not a town. I'm in the woods. So I look up, and there's this little dot of light, and it's not a star, and it's, it's only, I don't know, five football fields above my head, and it's moving real slow, just a little dot of light. Oh. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. All of a sudden, if this little pin drop of light, a round light the size of a semi comes on, hmm. and it turns to the right and looks towards Indianapolis, the bolt, this round light looks, it turns and looks, it turns back my direction, it blinks, and when it when it blinks and comes back, inside this ball of light is like a, rep, a, a dark shade of like a reptilian's eye. Oh, wow. Does that, I'm not saying it was an eye, but sure. do you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I think so. It was like an hourglass inside, mm. the, inside this ball of light. Well, then it blinks again, and it's just a full light, and that dark shade was gone. Mm-hmm. And then that light slowly dims down into nothing, and it's just that pin drop of light going right over my head real slow. <laughs> and I just watched it, and it, I, have no, I, I have no idea what that could have been. I'm only 30 miles from Indianapolis International Airport. Okay. So it, this, there was no noise. <laughs> it, I, I, it wasn't a plane. I don't know what it was. So... Going on, I'm, I'm sober about, I think, four and a half, five years now, mm -hmm. and I'm living, I'm married with my wife, and I'm coming from Greencastle back to Indy, driving on US-40 again, right at Stilesville, and I look out my driver's side window, and I notice there's four airplanes going west, like above Indianapolis Airport. Okay. I'm at a stop sign getting ready to turn on 40 and I look behind me and I notice there's way, you know, in this, it's clear blue sky. There's three airplanes heading east, but then I notice this object and it's only three football fields above the ground. Okay. And I'm like, what in the world? So I pull out on 40 and I'm just, it's like 20 miles to my house down 40. <laughs> so I'm going for about three miles and I don't know why but I look out my driver's side window and there is a bell-shaped UFO it's about two football fields above the cornfield and it's just matching my speed like it's just sitting right there outside my window <laughs> and I just keep looking at it as I'm driving all of a sudden I it moves so fast but I can still see 
see it, but it shot north, like towards Michigan, so fast that I could literally see it move and like, you know the old cartoons when Wiley Coyote like, poof, and then like a little dust, yeah, poof when he lands. <laughs> That's what happened with this craft. It shot north to Michigan, and I see it, poof, and then it's just all blue, and it's gone. It traveled so fast, huh. and it was sitting right outside my truck. It didn't even take a second and a half for it to boom, gone. That's incredible! Wow, what an experience. So, my wife and I start getting in to, because I want to know my experience. I mean, I don't know how much, how far you want me to go with this. But oh, where, how, I know people mm -hmm. really don't like Ouija boards. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Buckle up. We're going in. One of the beliefs, it's all intent. Sure, I agree. If you set borders and you intend nothing but good is allowed to come through this board, period, mm -hmm. that's all that will come through. Right. Well, my wife is a healer. Her sister, it, I know this is, sounds crazy, but her sister literally can hear spirits' voices. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Her husband's a conduit, mm. and when my wife and her husband, who we all grew up together, same high school, small town of 500 kids in the high school, but when my wife and Kobe, her sister's husband, worked the board, mm -hmm. we literally have talked to so many angels, fairies, mm -hmm. elves, trolls. Wow. Uh, Archangel Gabriel comes through literally every single time we work the board, and he says he's protecting this calm line so yeah. nothing evil can come through. Well, that's a good thing. It, and, and they tell us our light when we all force it there at the board. Mm-hmm that we shine a light in the on the other side or whatever dimension you want to say yep. that it's literally lit up like Las Vegas. Oh, nice. Okay. So they sit and, and there's tons of people. And the, the things that we've been told is, like, they're the ones that started telling us that I'm zero, zero. Okay. My light is zero, zero. And so we ask them, well, what is that? Mm -hmm. They are not allowed to talk about it. Wow. Okay. We are not allowed to talk about it. Source is the only one that can tell you. Oh. Well, I guess that's and, why and I don't so, know I about mean, it. <laughs> that, it's, I, it's crazy. <laughs> that's really cool, though. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think, that, I think that, by and large, Ouija boards have a bad reputation, but I think it's, by, and, by and large, because people really don't understand how to correctly use them. They, they they just think you put it on a table and you start asking questions. But there's, you know, there's, I believe with preparation and with, with as you're saying, intent, that, you know, it can be a positive experience. Oh, 
Oh, we've had many. <laughs> I don't, okay, I wish I could, e I'm going to email you this picture, okay? Mm -hmm. There's this little fairy, and his name's Call, C-A-W. Okay. And this little guy is so in love with my wife, Ellie, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Okay. He comes every single time she touches the board. He makes us laugh so much. <laughs> it's hilarious. But we kept begging him, you know, show us something. You know, leave us something. Do something. I'll be darned, Brent. Mm -hmm. My wife gets up. One morning, she goes in the bathroom to get ready for work, and there is Call's footprint on our bathroom vanity. Oh, wow. She woke okay. me up, and we took a picture, and we even asked him on the board, and he said, that was me. Oh, nice. Okay. I will email you this picture of Please. this fairy's foot. It's. I'd love to see it. it it's. I mean, I know all this stuff sounds crazy. Well, you know. But, I mean, we videotaped us doing the board, mm -hmm. and they've told us all kinds of things. Sure. No, I, I think that, but, you know, I really think that we are, we are existing in many dimensions simultaneously. It's just that in our human condition, we're... We're only aware of our, our, you know, our physical manifestation. We aren't very aware of the other manifestations where we also exist. And and I think that these these tools can be conduits to those. And perhaps it's working through our other awarenesses. Perhaps it's you know, but perhaps there's many different things that are at, at work when when these things happen. But I'm I'm here to tell you in years of doing this show, I've long since given up trying to trying to. Uh, judge any situation. I have just, I try to always have an open mind because anything is possible. I've just learned that over the years. Anything is possible. And it's it's not only possible, but it's probable, you know, if the right people are involved. So I, I think that your experiences are probably very real. You know, I have no doubt in that. Um, I wasn't there with you, obviously, but just in, you know, and just from what you're telling me, I have no problem accepting everything that you're putting on the table. I, I, we've had things like, okay, we've, we normally talk to blue avians. There's a blue avian ET named Lyle, and his buddy is a tall white. His name's High Ty. Mm -hmm. And they're very interested in my wife because she's a healer. Oh, okay. So we asked them for, you know, we, you know, can you give us some sign that, you know, you're, you're real or you're around or, to, and I am not joking, Brent, mm -hmm. this was Thanksgiving night. We're at my wife's sister and Kobe's house and there's a knock on the door, the top, and it, it hits about 10 times real fast. I'm standing right next to the front door. I open it. There's nobody there. Mm -hmm. So we get the board out about 15 minutes later, and High Ties, the first one to come across, and he said, that was me. I sent an energy burst to knock on your door. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then he did it again when we weren't there, and it was just Amy and Kobe, and he did it again, and they opened the door. Nobody's there. 
They get on the board, and the first thing High Ty says is, that was me that knocked on the door. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty I mean, powerful. there's just been a ton of things mm-hmm. to prove to us. I know it's, if people are just hearing this, they're like, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> but sure. as you do it, it just becomes normal. It's like not a big thing. Right, yeah. And because the things happen all the time when we do the board. Yeah. Yeah, and some people just seem to have that that connection uh, to you know to be able to put, really pull um, phenomena together like that through the board, um, you know. And I don't pretend to know why that is, but some people just seem to be the perfect conduit for it. Well, it it works. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I I know it all sounds crazy, Brent, but I, I can't explain it either. All I know is. It works, and we've had all kinds of... Supposedly, there's a fairy king and an elf king. They're in the fourth dimension. And the kings of all elves and all fairies literally wanted to talk to us four because they've never seen so much light on a con line. And this this king has been alive 16,000 years, he said. Mm. Wow. And he wanted to talk to us about our light, and then he's another one, the king that's been alive, uh, the elf king that's been alive 15,000 years. He said, as long as I've been around, I'm the fourth person that he's ever seen with the light zero, zero, mm-hmm. whatever in the hell that means. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is and a, that we is asked curious. him, well, I did meet, you know, if you know who Jesus, I met him face to face. He saved my life, and they were like, "We can't talk about zero zero, but yes, we know." Mm, okay, that is really curious. I'm I'm just really uh, interested in understanding what that means, but perhaps we're not supposed to. I don't know. You know, there's some things I, I know that just aren't supposed to be. Uh, understood in this realm of existence, and and I guess it's it's tough for us because I think we're inquisitive beings, but sometimes we're just not meant to know, and we'll probably know someday, uh, but not today. <laughs> You're right, and I will say since that, like before, I was on a I was on a death wish, literally drinking the way I was, mm-hmm. and now the way I look at death, Brent, after this, I mean. I know Dandy passed away in a car wreck, but she was literally standing right in front of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you don't die when you leave this earth. I, I know you don't. I saw it with my own two eyes. I mean, my father is on hospice right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I won't miss him or I'm not, but I mean, I won't, I don't look at death that way now. It, right. It's really weird. But good, right? Of I mean, how I look at... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I and mean, my wife says, I live my life every day like I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she tells me all the time. That's cool. And I, I, it's because of that encounter. It just... I, right. I have a whole new outlook on life. It's... Well, you know, I mean, once you, once you come to the understanding and... and have no question in your heart that this is just a small part, uh, a small, infinitesimally small piece of the big picture, then everything that happens here, I suppose, 
just doesn't have that that gravity that it once did when when this was the whole of our existence and the whole of our understanding. So once you once you right. become aware of that bigger picture, then yeah, um, this world is is beautiful and wonderful, and it's and it can be a heartbreaker and it can be can be tough, but to know that this isn't the the measure of our experience is is empowering. Oh, very much so. Yeah, because I mean, she'll she'll tell me, "How do you not get mad? You're in a good mood every single day. <laughs> if you get mad, it's for one second, and you're like, oh, the heck with it. Who cares? Good for you. And that's that is how I am. I mean, it's it's because I think it is because I know that this is nothing. That this eighty hundred. This is nothing. Yeah. Compare. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. And, you know, and, and look at, you know, in your experience, you know, everybody has the experience where they get angry, but there comes a time and, and it's 99% of what you get angry about in a, in a day or two, you can laugh about it and it's stupid anyway. So, you know, right. why not start out there? Yeah. <laughs> You're exactly right. And I always tell my stepkids that I'm like, well, what are you so mad? Like literally when you die, is it going to matter what what is happening right now? Right. Does it matter? Right. Yeah. And, and they'll just look at me and be like, "Well, no." Mm -hmm. Then who cares? Why are you so upset about it? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right, brother. And I think that you've had some incredible and beautiful experiences, and and I'm really thrilled that you chose to share them with us. Oh, I, hey. I, I, I started listening to your show a couple months ago while I'm sitting here painting or finishing drywall, and I, I love this, you know, the stories and people's questions and experiences. I was like, man, I have got to call him. I, I am telling him my story. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I've got to. I'm absolutely honored, Brian. It's it's, and I and I really appreciate what you brought to the table and the things that you're sharing. Um, I hope that it touches a bunch of people out there. I know it's touched my heart and. And it's wonderful to hear how it's transformed you and created an, an ability for you to really embrace your life. I think that's so powerful. Oh, it has. I, I, I'm, I'm blessed that it happened. Because yeah. I, I literally should be in a grave right now. Well, we're sure glad you're not, brother. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, and I'm going to tell you what. Thanks for giving me a call, Brett. And I'm going to email you because I've got to send you this picture yeah, of this fairy foot. I have got to send this to you. Well, thank you. I really look forward to checking that out. And, and Brian, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure getting a chance to talk to you. And again, for sharing that on the show. Uh, I just, I'm just thrilled to have met you. And thank you for making the time for us. All right, buddy. Thanks, Brent. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormalportalradio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormalportal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. We got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it out. check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com/slash paranormal portal. So 
hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day. And remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm.